Okay, Bruce, it's your turn to uh, pay for the cabs. I'm not paying for a cab. We'll just do Uber. I don't care. Hurry up. Okay. Oh, here it is. Get in. Well, that was Mike, really quick. Okay. I, I told you because Uber's fast. All right. Okay. So now where is this burger joint that you're saying is supposed to be so good? Uh, it's down the road here. I'll tell the Uber guy where we're going. Right. We're going to McLando's. Yeah. McLando's Burgers and Shakes. Okay. That sounds like really uh, commercial for a small burger joint. Well, it's not. I think they kind of got their idea from some clown. Okay. Know. Well, um, as long Wait, as... Wait, we're here. Okay. Well, that that also was quick because... I know. You know it's very... Get, get out. Come on. Well, let's go. We got to be back to work in like 20 minutes, so... I, that's why we're in a hurry. We got to be... Oh, okay. good. There's All no right. line. You know right. why? Because it's really not that good. Well, why are we eating here if it's not any good? Because you said you wanted to eat outside of the casino, that you want to get something to eat, and I, 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 this is the only place I knew we could get to and be back in 20 minutes. Oh, I really need to, like, give us longer breaks. All right, fine. Well, you order for me, because I've never eaten here. Okay. Sir? Ah, uh, Bruce! Hey, how's it Good going? Good to see you, man. Good I seeing got, you. I got some more of those Malisterian tater tots you like so much. How often Dude. do you eat here? I, well, I love tots. I mean, I swear, I love tots. That's why I come here. Well, they are good. They they're are. Tots. Now, they're not, they're little creatures, you know. Yeah. Well, I don't mind little creatures as long as they taste good. So we'll take like two large orders of the tots. Uh, and then, Michael, you want a double or a triple or just a single burger? I think I'll take a single. I, I think the tiny okay. creatures will fill me up just fine. All right, we'll take special going today. You get double your order if you behead them yourself. Hey, that's a deal. Uh, You know, some things you just—it's best to pay for. No, 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 no. Let's just try it. Let's just do it. Oh my god. Okay, fine. Because I forgot to bring like some extra cash. Unless you have some. Uh, Okay, we're going back. We're beheading these things. Okay. All right. Well, this is this is weird. Uh, how do we do the beheading? Oh, just hold them. You kind of wheel them around like a like a pinwheel. And then you just twist them, and they pop right off. Oh, they don't so even scream or nothing. Oh, cool. Okay, right. I'm ready. I got one. Michael, you do one. You know what? I'm not hungry anymore. Enjoy your stay. What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, fucking club. Welcome, scoundrels, to our 26th episode of the Cloud City Casino Podcast. We're glad to have you here visiting us among our fabulous podcasts in the clouds. We are the official collecting and gaming podcast of StarWarsReport.com, and I am the administrator of this facility and your host, Michael Morris. And the other host, Bruce Gibson. (laughs) That's right, the other host, Bruce Gibson. What's going on, Bruce? I am adjusting my belt because I need to go on a diet. I have gained some weight over the last couple months because I've been eating bad, and now my stomach is like, you know, like just slamming against my belt, and I can't grow out. So I need to grow back in. It's, that's too many of those burgers and creature tots or whatever those were. That, it, it's true. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's kind of move on through. So our uh, our discussion this week is going to be what is too much Star Wars. There is no too much Star Wars. Way to bury the lead, Bruce. So, um... What that we re- ends this show for tonight. <laughs> All right, that's been our show. Thanks for joining us. No, um... Uh, no, I thought what we would discuss is uh, all the marketing, all the merchandise 
you know, seems like you can see Star Wars just about anywhere now. And I uh, thought we'd kind of discuss that. And well, that would uh, be good. We need help with that because I'm I'm so against everything you're saying. Yeah, you're you're really coming at me this. Uh, because there's no such thing as too much Star Wars. There's I too much gut on me. That's what we've got a problem with right now. Well, it's it's kind of giving you an attitude, but anyhow. I know I'm depressed about this. <laughs> I also have gray cool. in my beard now. I'm getting old and fat. I'm not liking this. I used to be a hunk. I'm sorry. Go on. Wow, that got really personal. So anyhow, <laughs> joining us this week for this uh, travesty that I hope gets better now, uh, Scott Rifen. What's going on, Scott? Is it okay for me to say something? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I didn't Bruce really went off the, the crossfire there. Ooh, yeah, it got. Um, yeah. I don't know what's going on with Bruce this episode. I'm gonna diet. I'm grouchy when I'm on a diet, man. <laughs> so what are we? Okay, so Scott. You know, we yeah. know who you are. <laughs> and we know where you live. And we know where you live. And we know where you work. But maybe <laughs> our listeners don't. So you could give us a little uh, background on, on who you are and why you're so great. <laughs> uh, my great name is Scott Rifen. I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a guy who gets up in the morning, goes and does a radio show in the morning. And for some reason, that's not enough. I then have to go and do podcasting as well. Um, we started one a couple of years ago called Dinner for Geeks. I have that on temporary hiatus right now. We're still recording, but I'm not releasing anything because I'm trying to focus on the other podcast project I have going, which is called uh, Ashley Eckstein's Star Wars Story. No, 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 no. no, no, right. no. That's, it's called My Star Wars Story. <laughs> um, we started before Ashley Eckstein started that thing that she's doing. Um, and basically what we do is we go, we find Star Wars fans and we say, all right, tell me your story from the first time you heard about Star Wars till right now. And, uh, during the process of the interview, I take that and then I try to cut as much me out of it as I possibly can set it to some lovely music and put it out there for people. It's, it's something that I can only get finished about one of a month, but, uh, it's a lot of fun. Right on, man. Yeah, that's. That's what I'm doing. So what's the next one set to come out? Uh, Jimmy Mack should be out this week. Okay. Yeah. So and then after that, I'm doing one more. I'm going to try to squeeze one more out before the... Uh, that doesn't sound right, does it? Let's try to squeeze <laughs> one more episode out before The Force Awakens comes out. And okay. it's uh, Anthony Bresnikan. Okay. So, yeah. So by the time this episode will come out, then um, Jimmy, the Jimmy Mack episode will, will come out. So... Lord willing and the creek don't rise. All right. <laughs> I think I've heard Riley say that before. Um, I can't do the show anymore. I'm intimidated. We have a professional radio radio guy on and we're just amateur podcasters. Oh, please. <laughs> we we've had all sorts of professionals on before and it's never never bothered you so. It always has bothered me. It's <laughs> well, it's never stopped you. No, it hasn't. (laughs) You know, it's funny because there's so much Star Wars podcasting out there. And I actually had a buddy of mine who is also a podcaster. I will not name names who was complaining that there were too many Star Wars podcasts. And I had to disagree with them profoundly. And the reason is, yeah, there are a ton of them and there are more than I can listen to. But as long as there's somebody out there who feels like they have something to say and they have the means to say it, by all means, please do. Uh, You know, I, I mentioned earlier, I do a talk show every morning and... I got in the radio business and worked my way up to operations manager and sat and waited because I got into the business to do a talk show, but I had to wait for the opportunity to do a talk show. And I sat for 18 years and honed my skills until I could take over a talk show. 
with with podcasting, if you have something to say, you don't have to sit and wait 18 years for the opportunity. You just go do it. Yep. And so I I encourage everybody to get out there and do this stuff. Whether no matter what your skill level is, and what you'll find is over time, if you're committed to it and passionate enough about it and interested in in learning, you'll become better at it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter how many listeners you have. I heard a guy uh, make a presentation to a bunch of people who were depressed that they only have like five or ten listeners. And he said, "What? <laughs> this is not a bad thing." He said, "This is the same thing as you saying, hey." You know what? I like to talk Star Wars, and the same five or ten people show up to my house every night, and they just sit there and listen to me talk about it. It's incredible. He says, if they show up to your house, you would think it's wonderful, but because it's a number on a screen, you don't think it's that good. It doesn't matter. It's like we just like to talk, right? It doesn't matter how. It's like we're not making any money at this. So no, no, we're not even coming close to making. It's it's not like your business where you know, hey, we got to get the ratings, we have to get the listeners, we got advertising to sell. Yeah, yeah. Which 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 I'm good at. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, that's it's uh, it's a very different thing. And the and the cool thing is, you know, a lot of what I do on on the talk show is I do issues, political stuff, that kind of thing. And so I don't get to let my geek flag fly, but I got a lot to say. So mm-hmm. that's why I turned to podcasting because it's an avenue that I can give myself to put some of the things that I want to say out there without having it. In you know, otherwise I'd probably just go nuts not having an outlet for it. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily know that I have anything to say, but it doesn't. It's never stopped me before. So. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. Michael just said, "Hey, why don't you join me on this podcast?" And I've been here ever since. <laughs> he, Man, he, he goes, with "Nothing to say." That should be the name of your podcast. He said, "What's the podcast about?" I said, "Collecting and gaming." He goes, "I don't know anything about any of those things." I'm like, "Well, then you will suit the show just fine." <laughs> hey, but I've learned. I've been learning a lot. I've actually been to. Uh, we've done some X-wing tabletop gaming. Yeah, that is true. We haven't talked about that yet. Uh, Bruce yeah. took him out uh, the other night with. Uh, we went to Gigabytes, and uh, it's a little uh, like a gaming cafe type thing, and uh, all the Atlanta Hawks were there and everything. And uh, Bruce and I played some X Wing, and I I pretty much stacked the the deck in his favor. Um, about as as well as I could. Oh, I see how this is. I win. <laughs> now you. Oh, I, I kind of gave it to him. Sure. <laughs> I was showing you. I'm like, look, like if you don't win, you just never need to play again. <laughs> <laughs> and I did win. Thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> barely. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So, what did you think of that, though, Bruce? I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it took me a while to really get. It. I mean, I have to play it again and again. I think to really, you know understand everything because you were kind of helping me along but i mean i didn't realize how much is involved with you know numbers and i mean i felt like i was actually like an architect or something you know i'm dealing with numbers and and slides and you know (laughs) moving things around it was like it was just kind of different i'm i have never done that before now was this a miniatures game you guys were playing yeah yes the x-wings x-wings x-wing miniature game gotcha yeah yeah it was my first corset (laughs) He loves saying that because he alludes that it's, you know, like women's lingerie. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's the X-Wing core set. And oh. he just says it all together and thinks it's hilarious. It's a corset. <laughs> That's what I hear everybody say. I don't know. It just shows what little I know about this stuff. You know what? There's a, you're right. There's too many Star Wars podcasts out there. We're shutting this one down. <laughs> no, I said there weren't too many Star Wars. Oh, you're right. There weren't too many. But, but do you think there's too much of other Star Wars things out there? Do I think there's... Um, you know, 
this is a question, obviously, that we have had on our minds of late. There's a lot of Star Wars stuff out there right now. I don't think anybody can argue that. I mean, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like sand. It gets everywhere. My favorite so, line. This is you. You were after our heart, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, here's the thing. How old are you guys? So I am actually 28. I had to think about it for a minute. Did you? And I and I'm older than 28. How much older than 28? Uh, add 20 years to that. Okay, so you're 48. Yes, I am. Okay, then you ought to have a similar experience to mine. I'm 45. Oh, you're just and, a baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, massive age gap. Um, but you know, I, I lived through the dark times. I'm one of those Star Wars fans that was a Star Wars kid. I grew up Star Wars. I did not ever walk away from Star Wars. I had to walk away from action figures because my dad got on me. But that's that'll be saved for my Star Wars story episode uh, to be conducted by Steve Glosson. And uh, but I I I remember the dark times, and I remember being desperate to find something Star Wars, and knowing that on the rare occasion something Star Wars was out there. More often than not, it was somebody who didn't care enough about it to be true to the, the, the principles or the quality that Star Wars should be given. Um, I point you guys back to 1987, where the 10th anniversary of Star Wars. Now, you think about Star Wars, 10th anniversary, that should be a big deal, right? Right. There was a, an omnibus edition of the three novelizations. There was a poster that didn't even have the Star Wars logo, either Star Wars logo that's ever been used. Oh, wow. And uh, it was just like a regular type. It's Star Wars. It was it was a pretty poster, but uh, I think it was a Suneo Sanda poster, if I remember right. Uh, they did a convention in L.A., but nobody really knew about it except people in L.A. Uh, there was a Starlog issue that sold so poorly for a while there it was worth like 100 bucks. And there was the kickoff of the West End Games role-playing game. And that's that was the extent of the Star Wars 10th anniversary celebration. That was I, I just gave you every bit of merchandise that was out there. Mm-hmm. And so, and oh, and, and then the next year, it was supposed to have started with the 10th anniversary, but it was delayed for whatever reason with Star Wars 3D, the comic book, which was just hideous for the most part. So knowing that, I've lived in that era and knowing that there was a period of time where I just absolutely couldn't get good star Wars stuff. If I wanted it, I will never, let me, let me, let me go back and tell you a story, gentlemen, if I may, please. Yes. Let's go back. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. When my son was two, two and a half years old, not two and a half, he was closing in on three. Uh, I was doing a remote. I was on location. He was at church. He tripped and fell hit his face on a wooden bench, knocked his front, knocked one of his teeth out totally, completely, knocked his two front teeth up into his gums to the point that you could barely see them, ripped his lip, took him to the hospital. They took him to the hospital. I got there while he was, they were still working on him. And this is a kid that would never shut up. <laughs> and you would always just say, dear Lord, please just let this kid shut up. Oh my gosh, you prayed for this. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's the thing. You feel awful because all of a sudden now he's, you know, his mouth's all messed up. And I remember lying down with him that night. He slept on the couch in the living room and I slept beside him on the floor that night. He'd, they'd had to stitch his mouth back up and 
uh, you know, his teeth were a mess and he's all bloody. And I, I, I uttered a prayer that night and I said, you know, Lord, if you just make things okay with him, I will never wish he shut up again. I will never wish he would be quiet again. Uh, I will indulge his desire to talk all the time. And the next day came, we took him to the, the, uh, I guess it was the oral surgeon. They did an x-rays and found that his teeth were going to be fine. The front teeth were just eventually going to drop back down on their own. And, you know, the stitches would come out in time and he would be, everything would be fine. He would just be normal after a while. And I, I, I've kind of always held that in my mind. I said, you know, I'm, I seriously appreciate the fact that my kid is normal. In fact, he's, he's on the radio tonight speaking quite well. And, um, I always think about that. And when I think about the dark times of Star Wars, it's kind of the same thing where we were in a position where there was nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think I will ever find a position where I will complain. There's too much out there because I lived through that era where there, we had no choice. And now we have choices. You know, I'm a market mm -hmm. guy. I'm a free market guy. If if the market will support this much product, then put this much product out there. The market will tell you when there's too much. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen anything getting closed out yet because it's sitting on the on the pegs or on the racks. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> Is there stuff on the pegs and racks? Uh, yeah, <laughs> barely, barely. <laughs> it seems like that's the places that I don't see the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, I see the displays and the commercials, but um, mm -hmm. no. I mean, yeah, there, there's, there's plenty of star wars stuff on the racks you know you see the uh the star wars cereal the the yoda grapes the the mac and cheese and all of that um but i am completely with you um my my experience with star wars was you know i, I was born in 87 and yeah. sometime let's see so really it things didn't fire back up till about 95 right when they did the 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 buffed up Kenner line. Well, that was the buffed up Kenner line, but I mean, I I I always draw the line there at ninety one when Air to the Empire came out because mm -hmm. Air to the Empire was a surprise smash hit. Right. Well, see, and so I don't know the exact year that I discovered Star Wars because my you know I didn't have a whole lot of money, and we I, I was very young on top of that, so. Mm -hmm. And, and and then on top of that, there's no real way to to try to to count back because there's there was no merchandise to say. Oh well, I remember buying that in the store, and because I can't because the first Star Wars thing I ever bought like myself um, was the the Bendems. Yeah, uh, if yeah. you remember those, they were so bad. You know, yeah, that, that, like, that was before the beefed up uh, Kidder figures. Yeah, yeah. And you bought those because that's all there was. Exactly. And I remember at the time being like, these are terrible. But, yeah. But I don't have anything else. because Yeah. We did not know they were awful. <laughs> but we bought them anyway because it was yeah. the closest thing to Star Wars action figures we could get. Yeah. Cause, and see, and that, that's the thing. See, how I, I was introduced to Star Wars, uh, my, my babysitter, her son grew up uh, during, during the time of Star Wars. And so he had the big Darth Vader case and all of that. So... When I discovered that, that's all I wanted to play with. And, and they're like, well, this is from Star Wars. I'm like, what is Star Wars? They're like, here, watch these. And I'm like, I will never watch anything else. These are amazing. <laughs> and so I, you know, I always wanted my own Star Wars toys, but they weren't there. There was nothing there, you know? Yeah. And I didn't, I read, um, I read Heir to the Empire a couple of years later, 
which did not care for it at the time. Uh, a big part of that was that I was, you know, maybe like, I was I was definitely younger than 10. You know, I was somewhere between probably like 5 and 8. And I'm like, where is Luke Skywalker? I don't care about this Thrawn guy. He is lame. Um, and so... In all honesty, you should you should probably have enjoyed it more because you were under ten because that's kind of the level on which it's written, unfortunately. <laughs> well, but yeah, but I digress. <laughs> he said with a sardonic smile. No, I, no, it's just it's just there's there's a couple of things that bother me about that. Mm-hmm. One, have you ever read Stephen King's On Writing? I haven't. I haven't even heard about that. No, oh, it's, it's great book. Great book. Uh-huh. It's, it's basically Stephen King tips, tricks, techniques on how to write, okay. and you figure this guy. He probably knows how to write at this point. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he talks about is adverbs. And he basically says, look, if, if you need an adverb, it's okay to sprinkle an adverb in here and there. But if you need an adverb, most of the time, you're not using the right verb. If you've got to modify your verb, you're probably not using the right verb in the first place. Mm-hmm. And Thrawn is like, or Zahn is like a gajillion adverbs per page. <laughs> And then uh, I remember Dean Wesley Smith wrote a thing one time where he was talking about evaluating manuscripts for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, if you use the, the doc, any, any dialogue tag other than said more than twice, I'm throwing away your manuscript. Yeah. You know, and, and then you turn in Zahn, you read, he howled, he cackled, he, he glared, you know, and it's, it's, yeah. or, so again, you're talking about the kind of writing that you do in elementary school is what, and then, and then I defy anybody to grab their electronic book copy of heir to the empire and do a search for the term in quotes, the other <laughs> or, or do uh, sardonic as well. I had Bruce yep. do this the other day. What, what did you say it come up to 14? Yeah, I counted. I think it was about, yeah, 14. I think it's not as many as you thought there would be. Yeah. I thought it was 18. So I was, I was four too many, but nonetheless, oh. you should never use the term or the word sardonic more than twice, maybe in a book. And he used it 14 times in the first novel. And it was about the same through all three novels. And most of the time that he said it, it was, he said with a sardonic smile. I'm like, Oh my God, did you just copy and paste that from two pages ago? Oh, I got, I'm going to go you one better here. (laughs) now. Hang on. I got to find it. I'm pulling up my electronic copy of heir to the empire. I'm doing that right now myself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, there's even more. It's still loading more. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait, what? What 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 are you what did you type in? What's the other. One? You tweeted oh, the this other? the other night. I saw this and I thought about looking this up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just it's it's a ridiculous crutch that he uses across all of his mm-hmm. all of his uh, works. I don't know why. It's just it, it gets in the first couple times you go, "Oh, that's clever." And then after a while you just go, "That's driving me nuts." And there are it stopped at 200 and let's see 229 229 instances of that term come up in the uh in heir to the empire alone oh my gosh see i'm gonna notice this because i'm in the middle of rereading those i'm in dark <laughs> force rising right now which, and i'm just which means this um, is gonna affect his review on the 602 club sorry matt <laughs> <laughs> the other the my other bad. The, oh my it, it gosh is, it really is it's, it, it just comes up all the time and it just mm. drives me nuts Okay, when is it that we have too much of the other in this world? We, we don't need to talk about too much Star Wars. It's too much of the other. Yes, okay. yes. But I refer you to Timothy Zahn, too much the other. Yes. Now, how did but, you discover that? Did someone tell you that or did you figure no, that yourself? As I read it. The, <laughs> he read the book. 
because it's so unusual a rhetorical or a, 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 a uh, uh, it's so unusual of a writing device, a literary device, that it stood out to me the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting. And then like a page or two later, I did it again. Hmm. Then it was like, okay, we get it. The other, yeah, I know, I know. And uh, yeah, the, you, at, at some point you get ready to throw the book. It, you know, a, a buddy of mine, Jack McDevitt, is a Nebula Award-winning author. And one of the things he says is that when you're reading, the act of reading should be a seamless experience. Mm-hmm. If a sentence ever announces itself as, hey, this is a great sentence, that's probably not a good sentence because the experience of reading should really be you look at the paper and it all goes straight into your head. Mm-hmm. And you know, it doesn't announce itself, but rather enters your head as imagery. And Zahn stuff just doesn't do that for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, I don't want to be too hard on it because I, I do like a lot of it and, and enjoy it for, for what it is. I just... I don't. I, uh, I don't see it as, you know. I, I've I've read good like books that are just legitimately good. You know? Well, and having yeah. just reread it, the other never stood out to me, but now it will. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, it just it's uh, it, it's. I appreciate that trilogy for what it did mm-hmm. because I remember when it was about to come out, and I remember when it did come out, and I remember being shocked. That day, I've told the story a couple of times on some podcasts before, but you know, I was looking forward to this thing. I pre-ordered it at my. So local you knew it was coming. See, I didn't know. I never heard yeah. anything about it. Well, it was it was in previews. Oh wow! You know, the legendary, wonderful previews of the comic shop, and so I pre-ordered it at my local comic shop. Problem was, I was in college, and our college year ended in April, the end of April, and the book came out in May. So I was home for the summer, and my book that I'd ordered was sitting in my comic shop in Tallahassee. And so the day it came out, I went, well, that's not good because I don't have access to this and it's Star Wars. And I'm, I'm one of those guys that I have, to, I have to be there day and day. You know, I have to be there first day. And so I had buddies at the bookstore and I called them up and I said, hey, have you guys got that Star Wars book? And they said, no, we don't. And I, I thought what that meant because I worked in a music store. Mm-hmm. And if a big artist released an album, we got that album in time to put it out that day. You know, if Mariah Carey put something out at the time. We had we had it the night before, and we could put it out that morning first thing. If you know Wayne Newton put out an album, it would just show up with a regular shipment a week later. <laughs> you know, not not a big deal. So I called and I said, "Well, you guys are uh, you guys got the new Star Wars book?" And the guy's like, "No, we we don't." And I thought, "Oh, that means Star Wars. I know it's not that big a deal anymore, so they must just be getting it in the regular shipment." And I said, "Well, is it? You think it's going to come in the regular shipment?" Uh, he goes, "No, you don't understand. We did have it." And this is like lunchtime. You know, the mall opens at 10. And we're talking a couple hours later. He said, no, you don't understand. We did have it. So what do you mean? He said, we had a whole dump bin full of them. I said, well, what happened? He goes, we sold them all. Oh, wow. I said, wait, you, you can't have sold them all. Nobody cares about Star Wars. He goes, yeah, that's what I thought too. There's nothing. So I knew another guy. There was only really one other bookstore in town. And I knew the guy that owned it. So I called him up and said, have you guys got the Star Wars book? He goes, I got one left. I said, well, save it for me. I'm coming on my lunch break, and I'm going to get it. So that was the point where I said, oh, my goodness, something has happened here. Somebody mm-hmm. suddenly cares about Star Wars again, and it's not. I'm not alone anymore. But see, and so for that, I will always appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But now my thing is, though, was, it, was that Zahn or was that um, something else? 
You know I what I'm saying? Was, no, I mean, plainly they weren't buying it based on the quality of the work because mm-hmm. they didn't know what the quality of the work was. Right. Because, yeah, cause the, the fact that it, the, the first book and people were grabbing it. Yeah. But, but I still, I appreciate it because it's the one that, oh, yeah. it's the one that went over the breach. Right. Right. Uh, regardless of, of what the quality was or what people thought of it at the time, what people think about it now, uh, whether it's Zahn's fault or not, or whether it's his responsibility or not, I, it, the point is, it's the one mm-hmm. that that really announced to the world, hey, guess what? We actually do care about Star Wars. There are people who do care about it, and we want more. Yeah, And it also started the fact that you start picking up every Star Wars book after that, right? <laughs> no, I picked up every Star Wars book before that. There just weren't any. <laughs> hey, there was the uh, Han Solo at Star's End. I had that book. Yeah, I had. That's the first. That's the first EU book I ever bought. I was nine years old. I got uh, some money for my birthday. I went into the Brunswick Mall, the New Age Book and Gift Shop, and there it was, staring me right in the face. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday, and uh, and I bought that book, and I loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah, Star's End. Yep. And uh, yeah, for, I mean, I bought all those. I bought all the Lando books when they came out. You know, I mm-hmm. still had them all. I held on to them. Like I said, when '87 came around, and the only thing they really put out, I bought the role playing games. So you guys are a gaming podcast. Yeah, I don't play role playing games. I that's another long story. I'm not going to get into right now. But mm-hmm. I, I don't really play them. But by God, it was the only Star Wars books we could get. Oh, yeah, the the content alone. You know, I have a yeah. a huge. I need to take a picture of it to to throw up. But next to my uh, stacked up against the nightstand, I have all my reference books. Mm-hmm. If those didn't exist, you know, and and it was just the West End games, then that's what I would have done too. Yeah, yeah, and I and I bought the West End. I bought mm-hmm. the source book, and I bought the the role playing game, the rules book, and I bought uh, you know whatever book I could find at mm-hmm. that point. And uh, you still have them. Oh yeah! Oh please! Uh, you're talking. Pa- Look, I got a storage unit. <laughs> I got a storage no unit because I can't fit my Star Wars stuff in my house. No way, really. I have. I have you know what I have in my no. storage unit? Besides, besides all kinds of cool Star Wars stuff, I have a. Uh, remember in '85 when Revenge of the Sith came out, and they had those big inflatable Darth Vaders on top of Burger King. On top of the in in oh five the yeah. inflatables yeah giant inflatable Darth Vader on top of Burger King yeah I have one of those in my storage <laughs> fantastic Man, wait did awesome. you go and rob one from a Burger King no no we didn't they were throwing them away yeah, yeah that's that stuff you you can get and and that's the thing like that's what I love I I need to um because I heard um heard steve sansweet talking about this you know and i was like you know what that is some of the stuff that i remember and love but he was talking about that he would get the figures and stuff later because that stuff would be around he was Mm. focusing on getting the coffee creamers and getting the the yoda grapes and and those things dixie cups right because (laughs) that's the stuff that that you it's just gone you know which now fortunately we, we live in the internet age and so a quick Google search can find a lot of things. But until the other day when Bruce and I were talking about it, I, which is hilarious, we we had, you know, just in conversation, we had discovered that Star Wars pretty much um, has dictated a lot of my eating habits and things. And uh, <laughs> and so, for instance, you know, we're, we're in Atlanta, right? Coke capital of the world. I should drink Coke just like everyone around me. But I've yeah. always preferred Pepsi. And it dawned on me. Star like Wars. Battery acid. Well, no, Star Wars is the oh, reason yeah, that I yeah, like right, Pepsi Wars. because 
um, I was trying to get all of the uh, the Pepsi cans back during yeah. Phantom Menace, and uh, I I wanted to have every single one of them, and that's still something. Well, I pulled that picture up, and I don't know. It was just there was something, something there that just kind of warmed my heart. That I was just like, yeah, I remember having those. That was so great. The those little things, they just, I, I enjoy them. I, I should probably uh, spend more effort trying to get some of those things. You know, one of yeah. my um, holy grails, I guess, would be I would love to have that Millennium Falcon that was in in the Toys R Uses. You know, oh yeah, the, the large one. How great was that? I that was one of the things I remember yes. seeing and thought, man, I wish they were selling that. I would love to have that. And you know, I've, I've seen that other people do have them, and I'm like, why am I not one of those people? <laughs> so. At some point, uh, maybe when all student loans are paid off and, and stuff, uh, maybe I'll, I'll shoot for that then. But, you know, the main thing is just even knowing where to go to buy one. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one one of the things that uh, eBay has done is it's been the great liberator for collectors because you can mm-hmm. find almost anything on eBay. Um, you know, you you mentioned that Star Wars dictated a lot of your food choices. There were two times in my life where I nearly OD'd on Kool-Aid. <laughs> um one of which was when the Dixie cups came out because you just you kept going. Well, obviously, I need another cup. I need some more Gatorade because I got to see what the next cup is. Uh-huh. Or not Gatorade, but Kool Aid. The other time was when they, for 120 Kool Aid points, you could get the Kool Aid Man Atari game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and and we that was the one where we really almost died. But that's that's a different <laughs> podcast. I remember time. those. Yeah, and everything uh, everything on there looked way nicer than what it actually looked on this because it was all like comic drawn stuff. Oh, yeah. I remember the Kool-Aid points. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let me ask you this, though. So all these products out there have Star Wars all over them. It's like you were saying. There is not a single product out there of some kind that has Star Wars on it. Is it cheapening the brand? Is it cheapening the franchise? Because it's everywhere. I, I don't think so. Uh, you lived through the first era. You lived right. through the first wave. What did we not eventually have Star Wars on? Yeah, and I don't think anybody at any point went, this is cheapening the brand, because this is what it is. It's a commercial venture. Mm-hmm. I know, but I've had so much Star Wars cereal, I can't eat it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a personal choice. No, it's my wife's <laughs> choice. Hey, honey, we bought you more yeah. Star Wars cereal. See, what they should do is what they did back in the days. And I have this argument with Jeff on uh, Dinner for Geeks all the time, but C-3PO's were just crap to me. And I would so, love to have some of those just to try them again. Uh, I got the first couple of boxes, you know, and I was just like, this is awful. And I, I would tell my mom, I know I love Star Wars, but please don't get me that anymore. Please. Because I was a cereal nut, too. And, and yeah, that just that didn't stack up at all. So if they, if they had crappy cereal out there, you wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> so have you been eating a lot of macaroni and cheese lately? Uh, I haven't been buying the foods. See, ah. that's the other thing. Like I told you, I'm a market guy. And so what I do is I I have to look at I, first off I have to look at my budget, and I have to say what can I afford and uh, the mac and cheese aren't aren't the things that I'm choosing to afford. Yeah, here's the thing when when I first got married it was ninety I was married in December ninety five so we're coming up on twenty years, and the new Kenner toys had just started coming out and I was buying the heck out of them like everybody else was, and then I got married, and then all of a sudden I was splitting my income many different ways. And I had to decide what am I going to focus on because obviously I can't afford everything. And, you know, that's one of the things that happens. You go from nothing, 
You know, in 87, I would buy every single Star Wars thing that came out because there weren't very many of them. But you go to an era where there are more Star Wars things, you have to decide what you're going to focus on, mm -hmm. what you're going to collect. And I decided what was important to me was story and storytelling. So, it, it, because that's what, I, what was always, I mean, the, the figures were important to me as a kid, but now there's really no time to play with them. Note, I didn't say I'm a grown up and I won't play with them, but <laughs> there's no time to play with them. So it, it became, what interests me as an adult, what has always interested me in it's storytelling. So the books became important, which is hence the wall. Uh, the comics were important. The music is important because that's storytelling to me and home video and that kind of thing, DVDs and, and, uh, at the time, VHS cassettes and stuff like that. So I had to, I've had to focus my collecting down at that point because we were very young, very broke. Um, I think our combined household income was about half of what I make now alone. So, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it was a, by necessity, we had to force it way down. And um, so I, I chose the storytelling stuff. Mm -hmm. That's what I, that's what I dug. Which is now? Do you think? Um, and this may sound cheesy, but do you think that's sort of, sort of? Um, oh gosh, this is this is why I love not doing stuff live. Um, <laughs> do you feel like that that has sort of influenced your podcast then? Because you you obviously you, you you've done the collecting right, and and you said that the the thing that you liked what what intrigued you the most was the storytelling. So. You know, now you have a podcast where you collect people's Star Wars stories. Yeah, no, I do. I love stories and I love storytelling. And, you know, when I went to school, I, I majored in fiction writing. That mm -hmm. was a major, believe it or not. And so that's that storytelling has always kind of been the heart of what I love. And even when, I, when the toys were my thing as a kid, what was I doing with them? I was storytelling with them. Right. I never, right. I was never the kid who tried to reenact scenes from the film. I wanted to tell my story, I wanted to build mm -hmm. on what had happened there. And so, yeah, it, it's always been that. So the podcast, uh, getting other people to tell their stories, I hadn't really thought about it that way. But, yeah, it kind of is an extension of what I like, what I dig. Uh, I also have kind of – I've kind of been into a little bit of every facet of fandom except, except cosplay maybe. Uh, but, you know, I have been into the toys and I have been into the books and I have been into the role-playing products – and uh, so, so I feel like I've got a good breadth of knowledge that I can talk to any Star Wars fan about just about every angle of, of uh, Star Wars fandom, too. So I feel like I can get some good things out of them. Um, the, the original idea for my Star Wars story actually was not mine. My buddy, uh, Ryan, who's on Dinner for Geeks with me, called me up one day. And he used to call me up with like a lot of podcast ideas. And I'd always go, yes, that's great, but I can't. We don't have time. There's no time for it. And when he called me up with this, he said, why don't you get people to tell their Star Wars story from start to finish? And I went... I, I, I so want to say no to this because I don't have time. <laughs> right. But I can't say no to this because it's you've got a brilliant idea on your hands. And when I you know what I think, and I hate to say it because it sounds like a really cheesy, cheapo metaphor, but I really consider it kind of like the Shoah project. Mm -hmm. You know, where Spielberg goes and gets all the, the survivors' stories. And I feel like it's kind of my duty to go do that for the Star Wars generation is go get as many of their stories and document them as thoroughly as possible and put it out there and kind of kind of preserve this record of our generation. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, not not just blowing smoke, but I, I do absolutely love it because I'm always like, you know, because it comes out monthly. So and, and I, I I drive around. I listen to I mean, 
you know, I, I pretty much listen to about eight hours of podcasts a day. But Good <laughs> go, grief. Go, going into 12 now um, because, you know, getting around Christmas time. Yeah. I I literally, I'm getting to the point where I work seven days a week, 12, 12 hours a day. Wow. And during that time, I would do nothing but listen to podcasts. And... You know, so so I'm I have a ton of podcasts. I listen to them constantly, and then occasionally my Star Wars story pops up. I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know. And so I kind of get excited. But you know, it is it's just it is great to me because the thing about it is every story when you hear someone telling their story, it's kind of like yours a little bit, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. then it's also one you've not heard before. You know, yeah. and, and that's that's what I love about it. Right, yeah, so relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there are places where you go, that's exactly what happened to me. That's exactly. And then you go, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That never happened to me. Right. Tell me more. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, th- one of the, I will tell you, one of the hardest ones to do has been Jimmy Max, just because, um, I had to resist the temptation to jump in every couple of seconds. Oh, yeah. Because there was so <laughs> much of what happened to him had, had exactly happened to me here. And, uh, it was just, it was bizarre how much of it was, was, similar if not identical but uh, you know and the other great thing is i get invited to go on all these podcasts because i know you guys motivations mm-hmm. it's like uh, hey would you come be on our podcast sure and uh when can you when can you set me up for my star wars story <laughs> 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 uh, yeah it's um you said you, you you can do bruce's i think bruce would uh turn out better than mine because i don't even i don't even know most of my star wars story yeah well, michael says he doesn't back. have one yeah that's right he doesn't remember <laughs> any of well it. yeah then who, who knows what i lost in the wreck you know? hey scott could, do you do a show called his star wars stories because i'd like to tell his story of yeah. michael's <laughs> just make, just make up. it up yeah so <laughs> he start. so he uh the, the problem is I, I don't know how you would do, well I guess you you could start it later maybe talk about how I uh you know start start like around Attack of the Clones and how I loved uh, Dexter Jetster or something like that and that's okay you yeah. can I mean that's look did you guys hear you you obviously you heard Riley's story mm-hmm. yeah nobody's yeah. got that story exactly yeah Riley yeah I would say I mean, you can relate with most people except Riley's there's no relating <laughs> to Riley's. <laughs> Even even there, there are some kernels of things that you go, wow, okay, yeah, we did that. But yeah, Rylas is totally yeah. out left field, but yet it's a wonderful story. Yeah. No, no, it's a great story. Yeah. But he's like, so I was in a third world country. Star Wars <laughs> had been out. All of the, like Revenge of the Sith had been out and I had never seen any of them. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, I, I have, I can't relate to that on any level. <laughs> But but, yeah, but, but you're right. Yeah, it, it it come out to be a fantastic story. No, my my story is not uh, with that. It, I was just joking around because that's Dexter. You know, Dexter Jester to me is is what Jar Jar Binks is to most people. I think. So that's oh yeah, I you was, hate the saying. Dexter Jester. It's not so much Dexter Jester himself. It's the whole earthiness of the um, of the cafe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because to me, Star Wars, I, I, I say this all the time. Um, so people are probably tired of hearing it, but I'm sorry. Uh, you know, to me, Star Wars was never a sci fi. Uh, Star Trek is sci fi. Star sure. Wars is fantasy. You know, there, there's, there's not that element of, oh, it's just like what we've got here, but it's 
you know, more advanced and in the future. It's like, no, no, there's, there's lots of things that are even less advanced, you know, like, yeah. uh, Luke can't call Aunt Beru on the phone. There's no phones because it happened a long time ago. Yeah, it's in space, but, you know, just because you do a, a, a <laughs> film out in the West doesn't make it a Western. So, nice. You know, that, that's just that's how I, I've there's always no phones it was a long time ago we got faster than light travel but the phones we're still working on we'll get to them <laughs> one day I see my problem with Dexter Jetster is nothing to do with the earthiness of it it has to do with the fact that he's playing with his crack and then not washing his hands <laughs> That always bothered me. You know, it's like, is there not a health code at some time? Obi-Wan not just go, uh, Dex, really. I mean, even the hug he gets, you know, it's like, Dex, could you wash him before you give me the hug, please? <laughs> well, you notice Obi-Wan well, doesn't order anything to eat. Man, it's yeah, true. Obi-Wan sitting here, what is Oribesh for employees must wash hands before returning <laughs> to work? Uh, or oh, yeah. they cut the scene where Dexter Jack Dexter is looking at uh, the dart, and and Obi Wan's like, uh, "You can keep the dart. I, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you've already touched it. It's it's good. It's good." Oh, and that was a dart that had poison on it. Mind yes, you. A dart with poison on it. And again, he's got his hands all over it, not washing them. Right. <laughs> Everybody in the cafe dies that afternoon. What's the big deal? Yep. That's uh Oh, I thought I could cook the poison out of the burgers. So you know what's funny though, in aftermath they do mention that uh that, that cafe had been like long shut down, so that's probably what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like massive uh just, food poisoning, like real just, food poisoning. Just, but you know, and here's the thing with these EU guys, they love to over explain things. Mm -hmm. And so I'm waiting for the day when they say, well, you know, Dexter's race had uh, tiny microbial creatures that would eat all of the bacteria off of their hands. And so they were perpetually clean and never had to bathe. <laughs> right. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, That's in the next Aftermath novel. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's doing But only in it. sentence fragments. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, back back to the, the you know. Oh, we're talking, talking about something. <laughs> what are we talking about? This, this is this is completely <laughs> typical of us. So it's not. Is a big this? Deal. Are we talking too much Star Wars? Is that the deal? Yeah, we're too much Star Wars. <laughs> I think we established our premise, and that's why we were moving on. Right. Well, yeah, wait, I want to ask one I, thing because I don't yeah. think Michael really made it clear himself. Do you think there's too much Star Wars? No, no, I'm a market guy. No, not you. I'm asking Michael if he thinks. Oh, Michael. So, oh, okay. Now, when you say too much Star Wars, I will say as far as what we have out on, on the, the actual market itself, as far as the clothing, all of that stuff. Yes, and the jelly bellies. And, yeah, and, 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 the jelly Michael, bellies. and Michael, before you continue, mm -hmm. too much for me to buy is not the same thing as too much. Oh, well, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, dude, it's been nuts. You know, Bruce has been been aggravating me about all, all the money that I've I've been spending on it lately and everything, which some of it's his fault because some of it I buy to open and display now and I didn't I didn't do that before. I was like, nope, mm. mint in box only and he's like, no 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 you gotta open them up. I'm like, okay, I'll open these and I'll keep these box. So You're welcome, Disney. <laughs> right? It's like here and, is the deed to my house. But And here I sold all my shares. Ah <laughs> as yes. far as the actual marketing the products everything no i i don't think that there's too much star wars in some aspects i say i think that there's not enough you know obviously 
Yeah, Hasbro's got problems. Right. And and not even just that, it's that there's not even enough of the actual product. So, you know, most people still are clamoring, oh, we want three and three quarters super articulated, right? And they're like, okay, yeah, we're getting them out. And they're releasing them three at a time, like every four months. And, you know, these people are like, okay, yay, we, we just got uh, we just got three more figures. You know, prior to that, it was three repacks of stuff. So there, there's definitely some places that they could they could be putting things. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, even look at Lego, you know, for the, for the Lego sets, which I understand that with Force Awakens and everything that they're, they're, they'll probably be more once the movie comes out and, and things will be revealed. But... There's not a whole lot of Lego sets. There, so really, the problem isn't, is there too much Star Wars? Because I think we've all agreed there's not, I mean, we're, we're cool mm-hmm. with it. I, we, there can be all kinds of marketing and merchandising on Star Wars, but the problem is when it really comes to the core Star Wars product, the action figures mm-hmm. and, and the Lego and all that, there's not enough. They're not producing it fast enough or giving us enough choice at this point. Yeah, that, I mean, that that's how I feel about it, absolutely. But the, the reason that I, I pose the question is because there's a lot of people who are just saying, oh, there's Star Wars everywhere, I'm sick of it. And I'm like, "What? no one's making you buy this. Like, why are you upset? And you're in, yeah. it's like, by the way, we're in a Facebook group, like a Star Wars related Facebook group. What is your deal? That's <laughs> you like know? them complaining there's too much Christmas everywhere. Because, you know, during the Christmas holidays, everything's decorating Christmas. All merchandising has Christmas things mm-hmm. on it and stuff. And and maybe some people do complain about that. But, you know, oh, we, don't, we don't get Star Wars yeah. that often. Tons, tons Again, of people do. I'm a market guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a market guy. If you don't want it, don't buy it. Right. If nobody buys it. They won't mm-hmm. make it anymore. Period. Right. Done. Well, there's the problem. People who say this, that there's too much of it, it's because they want to buy it and they can't. <laughs> they just don't. Well, and you know what? That's, that's I think that's. Uh, there's not enough money for them to buy all that stuff and they know they want it. They but, know they want ramen noodles with Star Wars on it. But you know what, though? That's You're, you're kind of right. on. The, I, I think that you're joking, but I do think you were kind of right. Oh, that. no, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm serious. I really do think there's, there's a lot of people out there. They, they want to be a completist. They want mm-hmm. to have everything, but with so much product out there, it's they just almost impossible. Kinda, I don't yeah. know what Steve Sansweet is doing. I need no, to give him more money. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Steve Sansweet is a great example of, hey, even even he says now, I can't get everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he flat out says he can't get everything. So, you know, what are the rest of us supposed to do? Right, right. Yeah. It's right. Just, <laughs> it, you just have to learn that, that the market is bigger than you. Mm-hmm. The world is bigger than you, and just because you can't afford everything doesn't mean it should begin and end w- within your means. Right. Yeah. You know, it, I, I, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I'd love to have had all those full-size, you know, Boba Fetts and 3PO's they were doing years ago, but I couldn't afford them. Sorry. That's it. Done. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have bought a Ruby Supreme Edition Vader costume. I think those were really cool. I didn't have the money. That's mm-hmm. not, I shouldn't then demand it not be made. Yeah, Exactly. I agree with you. Yeah, because but I guess there are some people who who feel that way. With all that said, though, as far as too much Star Wars, I personally, um, <laughs> too, too, I think there's too many Star Wars uh, trailers slash commercials coming out at the moment. Now that's a little bit different, but um, I disagree with you there. Yeah, well, and and that's you know <laughs> that's uh, that's definitely preference in in, in each person. Well, but if if they were showing something, 
Yeah, it's. I was telling Riley this last night on the uh, Star Wars Tonight, mm -hmm. which is a great podcast, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on it one day a week, but uh, it really is a, <laughs> so a fun podcast Monday? each day. No, you're, well, I guess I could probably do the math, or, or figure you said last night, tonight is uh, Friday, so Thursday nights is your yes, night? Yes, Thursday nights is my night, but but okay. look, I mean, Amy, Amy Ratcliffe's on Wednesday nights, Steve Glosson's on Tuesday night, right. Justin Robert Young's on Monday nights. Okay. I mean, it's all it's all cool stuff. From the creators behind StarWarsReport.com comes a brand new nightly podcast counting down the last 30 days until Star Wars The Force Awakens hits theaters. Star Wars Tonight will be hosted by Star Wars Report founder and editor-in-chief Riley Blanton and will feature an incredible lineup of hosts. Each day of the week will feature a special guest host with a unique and fascinating perspective on an aspect of Star Wars fandom and anything and everything from that galaxy far, far away. The week kicks off on Monday with comedian and podcaster extraordinaire. He's the host of the Night Attack podcast and so many more, Justin Robert Young. We will look at George Lucas and say, hey, you want to know what? He didn't know when to leave the party, but he's the one who started it. On Tuesdays, we bring in the head honcho of Geek Out Loud and the Gulliverse Network of Podcasts, Steve Glosson. When you get to Empire and they're there in the carbon freezing chamber, Look how, could I have said that any more hit? The carbon freezing chamber. <laughs> hey, we're going to go down there to the carbon freezing chamber and do some carbon freezing. Luke Skywalker's just landed, my lord. Hey, let's see what will freeze now. On Wednesday, we feature Amy Ratcliffe. She's a writer for Nerdist, StarWars.com, Star Wars Insider, and so much more. So wait, wait, do I get a medal? Uh, or am I like Chewbacca oh, and I don't get a Oh, no. And on Thursdays, we talk to South Georgia radio personality and host of My Star Wars Story, Scott Ripon. And they've kind of had to take a two-pronged marketing approach. One is, of course, the new generation, new generation, new generation. But the other is, they're very much telling old fans, this is your father's Star Wars. You can find Star Wars Tonight every weekday evening on StarWarsReport.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review Star Wars Tonight on iTunes and your podcatcher of choice. May the Force be with you. But I was telling him last night, it's really almost a magic act they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're fooling you into thinking they're giving you all this stuff when they may be giving you a second and a half of the same scene more than they gave you last time. Well, that's what I was just telling Michael before we got on air. Yeah. He said, you know, I, I, he's avoiding everything. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, really, a new 30-second spot comes out. Maybe you see four or five seconds of new stuff, but it's yeah. just a different angle of a scene we've already seen. A different, yeah, it's all sleight you know, of hand shot. that's going on right now. They're not telling you story. They're not giving you any more story. Well, see, I had I quit once I saw that first. Well, okay, well, let me back all the way up. So the last thing I saw was the um, the very first commercial, right? Mm. But I had, I had even said before we sat down, uh, Bruce and I actually watched, and if anyone who hasn't listened to it yet, you can go back and listen to our reaction video of us sitting down watching that first, I mean, it's actually the first real trailer. Yeah, for um, Monday Night Football. Yeah, the, the Monday uh, that, Night Football To me, that's trailer. not even a real trailer. That's another daggum teaser. Oh, really? I mean, to me, I mean, they call oh. it the trailer, but the trailer is supposed to have story. Where's the story yeah. in that? Yeah, so I, I think the international trailers got more, the Japanese one's right. got more story in it than that. And and see, and that was the thing. The for me, the Japanese one, I saw it because I didn't. I was even like, mm, do I really want to see it? Because you know, I had to really think about it. And so I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. And then after I watched it, I just sort of felt 
like empty. The Monday Night Football trailer caused me to just ask question. What does this mean? What is this? What is this? What is this? Yes. And then turn around and I get the Japanese one. I go, oh, well, that was the answer to that. That was the answer to that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because you go. Yeah, but but they're little answers. <clears throat> Yeah. And I think there are little answers that ask more questions. I'll just say this. If you combine all the raw footage that's out there, I think maybe you get six minutes. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what the running time is right now in episode seven? I know it's a good bit of – I think it's probably closer to two and a half hours, isn't it? It's, it's Right now, it's two hours and 16 minutes. Okay. Which means if you watch every single trailer that's out there and all, what, I think nine TV spots, mm-hmm. you are going to get – you're still there's still two hours and ten minutes of that movie you haven't seen. Right. No, I, I'm with you. It's um, like I, said, I just I love just the fact that I've been waiting for this so long. And I just kind of felt like I was in such a great place going in. You know, I would even said before, I'm like, I don't need the Monday Night Football. Like, I don't I don't need to. I, I'll go learn the story. I love just opening up the full present, you know, and, and yeah. we've we've not had that, especially lately. I. You know, when I saw uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two, not that it was a, it was going to be a great movie, no matter what I had seen prior, but I knew too much about that film. I, I just I knew before I even sat down, I knew too much, and I was it, avoiding all the the stuff. But it, I just it, I couldn't avoid avoid it all. They just beat us over the head with commercials and marketing yeah. and showing stuff. And there was like I'm not kidding. Um, you know, spoiler alert, but uh, that movie's what, like two years old now? Someone comes on like two months ahead of time. Like, I'm not even kidding. It, it was it was at least a month. It was somewhere between one and three months before the film even dropped. And someone comes on and goes, oh, yeah, I saw that movie. Uh, this this happens, that happens. And then, you know, and they say, like, Gwen Stacy dies and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? And, and they're like, well, you should know Gwen Stacy. I'm like, no, I don't know. I knew this was going to be a trilogy. I didn't know if she died in this one. I didn't know if she died in the next one. I don't know. And I, did, and I don't want to know. Uh, but they're like, well, okay. And they're, it's like, why did you do that? Like, I, you completely opened the present for me. So uh, the, the point being, I, I know I kind of went on a tangent there. but No, 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 no. But, I, think you're, I think you're on point. Don't, don't worry about it because I got a response to you. <laughs> but so... That has been my experience with films, and I, I have praised, you know, what what JJ and uh, Kathleen Kennedy and everything's done with just so much secrecy. Of, you know, it's like, oh, here's a a uh, Ray action figure. Well, Ray who? You'll find out. It's Ray. You know. Yeah. And then turn around, and then here's the commercial. It's like, oh. Um, I know your eyes. They show Ray. I've seen your eyes before. They show Han Solo. Well, yep. then why don't you put Ray Solo for a dang name in the freaking toy? You know, well, like, they, they didn't say that. I know they didn't say they it, but they, it. Exactly, but they. But implied it could be it sleight of hand. Could be misdirection. Possibly, but at this point, if you do it that way, is it another con thing? No, because he didn't. They didn't tell you that that was Solo's eyes that she was talking about. Mm-hmm. She just said, I've seen your eyes, you know, uh, I've seen your eyes before. They're the same eyes. Mm-hmm. But just because they show him, uh, you can you can assume that, but that's up to you to assume it. Right. So, no, I, I don't think they – Here and here's the thing. I don't – in looking at all of the footage that's out there, I really don't think they've given away anything like that Spider-Man situation that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, and I see what you're talking about with that. But at the same time, I got to tell you, the night before the Empire Strikes Back came to town, 
And I say he came to town because back then movies didn't just come out everywhere. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> they came out somewhere else, and then eventually we got them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the night before Empire Strikes Back came to town, I went into the bookstore that I always went into, and they had the Marvel Super Special, Empire Strikes Back. And don't think that I didn't take that thing home and devour it. Right. And I knew everything that happened except <laughs> except Luke getting his hand cut off mm-hmm. uh, because it all it said was the Vader slashes Luke's sword arm and they show this lightsaber flying away and they don't, you know, when his hand actually went off, I was like, yes, and here's where Vader knocks his sword out of his head. What? <laughs> so, uh, but but that having been said, do you think I think less of The Empire Strikes Back now because of that? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I don't. And I read every bit of it. And when Return of the Jedi came out, I got the super special five days before that movie came out. I got it on May mm-hmm. 20th. And I read that whole thing. And I knew everything going into that movie. But it did not take away from how incredible the movie was to me. Yeah, yeah. and I saw a leaked script of Attack of the Clones. And yeah, I wasn't I, even sure yeah. if it was real or not. But when I went in the movie, as soon as it started, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the script. And I, yep. I loved watching the movie because I knew the story. For some reason, it just mm-hmm. enhanced it for me. And I had that script as well, and I remember doing the exact same thing. I wasn't sure if it was real until two weeks before the movie came out. I got the comic adaptation. I went, oh, wow, okay, it's pretty much following that script. So, yeah, I mean, you could, you know, they put the Phantom Menace, they put the Phantom Menace adaptation out six weeks before the movie came out. They were selling it at Celebration. Um, the Star Wars novelization came out six months before that movie came mm-hmm. out. Right. Uh, so I, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of being. Uh, I, I I don't believe that being that finding out about a movie will spoil you, uh-huh. and I have kind of some personal reasons for that. I'm not going to bore you with right now, <laughs> but because uh, I'm boring you with other things right now. No, no, but, this uh, is uh, this is a great. But, conversation. but I think what they're giving you right now is mm-hmm. not enough to even trigger that rule. You yeah. know, I say I don't think it's a big deal to spoil a movie for you if it's mm-hmm. well done or well executed. But at the same time, I don't even think we're at that point in the conversation with what they've given us so far. Yeah, and it, and it's. You know, I, I would definitely entertain the idea that I've sort of become <laughs> the other definition of spoiled from the fact that they've not given us much. So now that they are giving us stuff, that I feel that I'm being spoiled. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, that- well, you know, it's I, I, there, I think there's different types of spoil. I mean, we're not really getting a spoil on the storyline, but I think, Michael, one of the things that might be bothering you, too, is the fact that you're getting spoils just on visuals. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think you want to go, and I, I don't blame you for this, you want to go in the movie and just see it as if you don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. That you're coming straight off Return of the Jedi and going right into this movie and say, okay, show me what you've got. But now we're seeing glimpses of things, and so in a lot of ways, visually, you're going to know when you go into a scene, oh, I've seen some of this, or right. I've seen some shots from this. And you, you want to go in pure, pure not mm-hmm. knowing anything. Right, right. Yeah, and, and that's uh, – and which I'll say this too, <laughs> based on that, I have, I'd kind of gotten burnt out a bit and and that's why you know so this the spoiler thing which I, i'm kind of writing a line a very <laughs> i'm holding myself to a, a very very thin line you know a standard that's hard to to be because of course i want to be immersed in star wars and you know up until this point i'm like no i love doing the speculating and everything and blah 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 but um up to this point i wouldn't if, if i wanted to see a movie and i knew i wanted to see it then I wouldn't watch the preview. Uh, when I when I saw Ant Man, I'd never seen a single preview, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hadn't seen any of it, and 
because it's at some point I had just gotten so tired, and it was even before uh, the Spider-Man thing. Because, like I said, at that point I was trying to avoid it; I just couldn't get away from it. But bef- even before that, I had sort of just realized I'm like, you know what? I don't I don't want to see any of this anymore. I don't want to watch anymore. Um, but 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 you know, and it's fascinating you say this because mm-hmm. one of my beefs with what's happening right now is there's too little. Mm-hmm. being put out there. And I wonder if, because you said, you know, you're kind of getting burned out. I wonder if maybe they didn't give you a little more. And I'll give you an example. Uh, Shattered Empire and Aftermath and all of that, mm-hmm. maybe they didn't overtly say this is going to tell you the way everything goes leading straight up to The Force Awakens, but certainly that was implied. Right. That this was going to give us a lot more meat about what had happened to the galaxy, the state of everything, and what was happening mm-hmm. to our main characters in between these two films. And then all of a sudden, that wasn't what we got. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're, you know, and the, and the journey to Force Awakens. There's three new children's books or young adult books that give you a background information on the story, and they're they're little framing sequences mm-hmm. that tell you very little about it. Right. So I, I almost feel like part of the fatigue that may be setting in for some people mm-hmm. is that we're being promised more and given less. Okay. Well, well, I mean, with I think that's a great point. Yeah. Well, with that, like I said, for myself personally, I don't. You know, that hasn't bothered me. I, I actually, it's bothered me. I think well, Scott just hit it on the head well, with me. Yeah. And 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 like bothered said, the heck like, out of me. Yeah. yeah. No. Because I, well, because no, I, I was you. telling Michael earlier, yeah. it's like I'm getting tired of being teased. Like I mm-hmm. just want the movie to be yeah. here. But I yeah. think that's what you're saying. It's like yeah. you're kind of being teased about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and you keep. Yeah, and tease is a perfect exa- mm-hmm. a perfect uh, way to put it because they do seem to imply, oh yeah, you're going to get it all here. You just you just wait, and then you get it, and you, and you buy. I mean, how many books did we buy on Force Friday? Those of us who are the readers of the of the groups, yeah. you know, uh, a gajillion books. You know, there were the, <laughs> those three, and then it was Lost Stars, and it was Aftermath, mm-hmm. and all of this had purported to tell us what the you know kind of provide the bridge between. Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, and it really didn't. Right, which I, I was I was pleased personally. Like I said, I know I'm always the the outlier, <laughs> but um, and, and I get where you you guys are coming from. Uh, myself though, I said okay, good, because my thought process behind it was, you know, a lot of people are thinking, oh, okay, so this is going to give me from Jedi to Force Awakens, and my thought was, no, don't do that because you got to think, okay, we we took years and years to fill in that, you know, with the old EU. So why would we try to do that with just a couple of books? Like let, let's sure, tell more no. story. That, that was my thought process on it. And then also, you know, I like the idea of that. We're getting some stuff after Jedi. So we kind of know like, Oh, okay, this is after Jedi, but we're not really getting enough to know, okay, this is force awakens. If that makes sense. Mm. Um, I just think the main question on everybody's <laughs> minds is what in the hell happened? Yeah. And which I think is great. I mean, to, to I think they, they they implied though with these books that these were going to fill in a lot mm-hmm. of those gaps, and they're really very. It's going to be one of those things where when you see the film, you're going to be able to look back and go, "Oh, yeah. right, right." But that's not the way it was being sold to us, right? Right. Yeah. And it's like I said, that's one of the things I think a lot of people are upset about that. To me, I'm tickled. <laughs> like I said, I know I'm always the the oddball, but I'm like, oh, that's great because then at that point. I like that, you know, I like doing the backtrack and going, oh, here, you know, like if, if I see a, um, like a, a, a mystery film or something like that, you mm-hmm. know, whether, or a whodunit, you know, and, and you're, 
you're like, oh, okay, so this is who it is, and we're trying to figure it out. And then you go back, and then you go, they were giving us the clues the whole time. So then you go back, and you watch it, and you're like, there was a clue. That was They're pointing to that, because I know it's going to be the guy. They're showing me right here. Yeah. You know, I love that experience. (laughs) Yes, but if it's a two-hour movie, that's great. But you're talking Mm -hmm. about, you're talking about all the Journey of the Force Awakens Mm -hmm. stuff, including the stuff that's not quite out yet, and the comic stuff, you're talking about nearly 2,000 pages of material. Right, right. That you're just going to have to go back and look for little tiny clues and scraps. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I'm not, t- I'm not saying give me every single exploit of our big three from Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi to The Force Awakens, but give me a general idea of what exactly has become of them, and we can fill in those other spots later with the EU. But yeah, it's, I, I feel like we've been given a little too little and teased a little too much. Mm-hmm. I agree. And obviously, I, um, obviously, there there are different sides of that. Yeah, yeah. It's not, and, and like I said, it's I, I'm I'm on a different side. I'm not uh, saying you're wrong. <laughs> I, I just uh, no, but but see, know, I'm saying a, you're wrong. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Scott. I've been waiting for somebody to come He's, in here. And say <laughs> Bruce is like just one of these days. If somebody just tell him what I've been thinking, no. <laughs> you know, I, all I can say is I don't think we're getting enough of Rogue One. That's what I'm. Comparing you know what? So right. hey, so yeah, let's jump to that real quick because that's something that I've thought about. So right now, everyone is like, you know, all the spoilers, everything coming out, all the stuff. Is, is The Force Awakens, right? All the focus is on The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Back when they were doing filming, everything was focused on Force Awakens. That is like, if you're trying to keep something under wraps, that The Force Awakens itself has been a giant uh, screen for... Yeah, distraction. Yeah, for Rogue One and for um, uh, ep- whatever Episode Eight's going to be. I was trying to name it, and I'm like... What was it called? <laughs> oh, that's right. We don't know a name yet. But, you know, both of those films are filming right now. And yeah. by the time that we even go, oh, okay, yeah, we're, we're coming down. We're off of The Force Awakens. Hey, what's next? It's like, here you go. <laughs> you know, like by that point, it'll be here. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting to me because we've gotten, you know, there was that whole, um, what was the name of that island? Um Skellig Michael. Yeah, you know, like that little situation. That's about the only thing that I've really heard from it. Um, yeah. And two, you know, because when we hear something about like maybe Vader, maybe not, we don't know, and it just feels like it all kind of starts to wash together. And it's like, wait, was Vader supposed to be in Episode Eight, or was he supposed to be in uh, Rogue One? It makes more sense Rogue One, but maybe that's why they're excited about Vader. And I'm like. I don't remember, you know, because <laughs> it just all runs together. It's there's not much about it anyway. So, and, and see, that's going to be a very real marketing problem, though, for mm-hmm. Disney too. And it's you know, one of the things we were talking about the other day was, is the Force Awakens going to be that timeless classic? And I say that just by marketing alone, it almost can't be. Uh, I read the other day that Disney was targeting it for a an April video release. Mm-hmm. Which means they're not going to let it sit in theaters forever, like it, like it maybe could do, like yeah, it would have to would do be. to become the number one box office draw of all time. And you know they've got to cleanse the palate. They've got to get Force Awakens off your radar, and they've got to shove Rogue One on there, and then they got to get Rogue One off your radar and put mm-hmm. Episode Eight on your radar. Yeah. So it, it almost it almost tells me they're trying to make good movies, but maybe not timeless classics, and that kind of worries me. Hmm. Uh. You know, I think honestly, 
what 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 it'll come down to will be the actual films themselves in yep. that aspect. You know, uh, the the quality of the work. Yep, you're right. And uh, you know, everything I've seen so far m- makes me believe that that this film will be beloved and 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 can be beloved for years and years and years. Um. But I mean, you know, obviously we'll have to see. Who, who knows with, with what? Like you said, we, we have gotten so little, so it is well, hard is to judge. Off this of is a couple a, minutes. This is a different age of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That's we're entering a totally different age of Star Wars than what we're right. used to. Star Wars was always treated yeah. to be more special and like a timeless classic. Okay. Now we're just going to be bombarded, and I'm not complaining, mm-hmm. but now we're going to be bombarded with a lot of Star Wars in a shorter amount of time. And now it's just it's not going to feel quite as special because we're getting it more often mm-hmm. it will still mean a lot it's just a different feel i think and it's and it's not being done by george lucas the guy who created this is no longer involved it's mm-hmm. almost like a movie eu because mm-hmm. we have different creators building off of what george started yeah mm-hmm. that's a great way to put it so it, it it's going to be a different feel this this franchise is changing and it's it's just not going to be that special event that happens because we're going to get them so often. And again, I'm not complaining about that. I will take no. this any day. Now, so so the, I was actually that's perfect uh, intro for for where I was about to segue. Anyways, the the Marvel films. Now you said that it's going to have a different feel. In my opinion, even though they are all different, and and they are you know one's a spy movie, one's a uh, a western or whatever. I don't think anyone's western, but you get the point. You know, they all Guardians had a different kind genre. Of western. Do what? So Guardians is kind of a western. Kind of, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit of, yeah. So, but but to me, they all have that Marvel Studios feel. And in my opinion, um, you know, like I said, in, in my opinion, they all have that same feel, and they all fit together. Now, with you know Disney owning them, Disney owning Star Wars, I think that for this, they are really, really, really trying to give this that OT feel. Oh, and, no doubt. And with that, it kind of makes me think that even though you know we're going to get like a war movie out of Rogue One, I think that it's still really going to feel like that Star Wars that they're that they're trying to market to us right now i think that's going to be what they continue to try to to push out um what do you think do you think i'm wrong in that way off base like no uh, i think you're right and my one no. of my fears is it's going to try to be too much feel of the original trilogy 30 years have passed so i want mm-hmm. this to feel a little different okay but yeah, so but far, visually, I'm not sure. I mean, we've, we're making small changes to mm-hmm. X-Wings and TIE Fighters and Stormtroopers. I mean, it's very similar to what we've seen before, just a slightly different look, different color, maybe a slightly different shape. Mm-hmm. Um, 30 years is a long time. That's the one thing I liked about the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy is you could feel that there was definitely a difference in time between these 20 years. And I'm mm-hmm. hoping we feel that in this. Yeah, what but you, you know what? If, if I were doing marketing studies, I, I be, here's what I believe I would find as my results. If I were quizzing people who didn't care for the – because I think one of the things Disney has tried to do is they've tried to go out there and told, tell people, look, we're going to erase what you feel about the prequel trilogy. We want to get rid of that. We want to win you back over after the prequel trilogy. And again, I, I, I'm a guy who loves the prequels. But 
in, in all reality, I think that's one of the things Disney wants to do is they want to try to win back people that they lost during the prequels. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you do that? And I think if you went out and asked them, a lot of the people who were disappointed with, with episode one, episode two, were people who got in line to go see this movie to get that same feel that they got when they were kids and they saw the original films. And so I, I very much think that's one of the things that's on their mind. And I'm sure that that's what some of their marketing studies have come up with is that that people who were disappointed in the prequel trilogy were disappointed because it didn't feel like the old Star Wars films. And so I think one of their missions is to try to make these things feel like the old Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Right. So Right. So it's the marketing machine that's making the decision and not a storyteller decision. <laughs> well, yeah, I, no, I, I think that is part of it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's all kind of works together. But yeah. Yeah, and it's and I think a lot of people kind of cringe at that, um, especially when you when you put it in, in that aspect. But to me, it's the same thing. You know, I get tired of people who say, um, "I was talking about this earlier." That oh, George Lucas wasn't a great uh, director. I'm like, what does that mean? Because to me, you know, like I've, I've heard the term auteur. You know, uh, a, a lot of times George gets uh, he gets saddled with uh, visionary, right? But that's the same thing as an auteur. And as far as I'm concerned, through all three films, that's what he was. He was the one who had the vision and and made the films into the story that he wanted, right? Uh, I yep. said three, all six films. Um, and, and, you know, so whether, you know, and a lot of people, oh, he's doing it to sell toys. That also annoys me because I'm like, what are you basing that on? Like, what? where is your proof? Because... I'll get into that later, but <laughs> I'll get into that in another episode. That 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 makes me mad. I'm not saying that, that Lucas wasn't trying to sell toys. Obviously, he was, just like anyone was was trying to sell marketing. But to say that like sure. things were oh this was it's, only you know Ewoks only it, existed to sell toys. No, it, it's was, his living though. So yeah. what? Yeah, it's just. I mean, it, it's like so when you go to your job, you should mm-hmm. what? It's unethical for you to work overtime because you can make a little extra money, <laughs> right? Yeah, I just I, I've never understood why people mm-hmm. get criticized for doing their job mm-hmm. and and improving their financial situation by doing their job. I'm sorry, yeah. I don't. I've never gotten that. Well, I think so. I think the argument, like I said, uh, I guess we'll go into this. The you know people who go into the <laughs> I'm gonna get worked up again. You know people who who criticize the Ewoks mm. and they say, oh, well, the Ewoks only existed because of. Because uh, George Lucas wanted to sell toys, I'm like that's not true. That is no. like historically not factual. That is no. that is incorrect. Anyone who does the research would know that is not true. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it did kind of have to do with money a little bit because he said, "Let's do Wookies," and they said, "Wookies are expensive." George and he goes, "Let's do little people." <laughs> well, well, there's there's Wookies are expensive, and there's also you know the original concept. The original concept was to have the Wookies defeat the Empire, mm-hmm. and it turned out, you know, the Wookiees were that was supposed to be kind of his Vietnam allegory, right? And the primitive society winds up defeating the technologically sophisticated society. But then all of a sudden, we've got Chewbacca who totes a blaster, exactly. who can fly a spaceship, who can mm-hmm. pilot, and so now Wookiees are kind of they're not primitive enough, right? And, we need new primitives, right? Well, and that's the thing. People are like, oh my god, I can't believe stormtroopers got taken down by teddy bears. That's the point. If it was like yeah. if if it would have been Wookiees, there wouldn't have been a movie. We know they'll tear and, your arms off. Han told and, us. And and you know what? If they had made a movie about Vietnam without it actually happening, people would have said the same thing. I can't believe those guys beat us. Right. 
Right. There's no way. That's yep. just, I wouldn't believe that. I won't even invest in that film. That's crazy. <laughs> exactly. They had teddy bears in Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of teddy bears <laughs> in Vietnam. Oh, but yeah. So, like I said, we, we, I, I constantly am like, I'm like, I don't want to go down this road. I don't want to get to, <laughs> well, screw and, and, it. You know, we're going. People, yeah. people want to tell you George Lucas is a bad director, but I, I, I'll point something out if you don't mind. Yeah. And that is George Lucas has only in his career directed six films. Mm hmm. Of those six films, four of them have made over $300 million. Mm-hmm. Two of them have made over $400 million. And, and the one that and one of the two that didn't make over $300 million was, at the time, the most profitable film based on mm-hmm. the budget and return on investment of all time. Yep. So uh, he, he's, he's directed six films, five of which were smash hits. Mm-hmm. So I... I you want to tell me the guy's a bad director, go for yeah. it. But I don't think the facts back you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he got one wrong, so you just proved he's <laughs> not perfect. THX, yeah. that and was his first one out of the box. That's the only one that flopped. Yeah, and and that's the thing. You know, people people say, ah, oh, well, you know, he's just he's not that good. I'm like, why? Like, well, you know, Spielberg's directed more. I'm, tell me when Spielberg directed Star Wars. You know, I mean, because well, to me, that's well, the thing. It's like well. that's the only argument that that <laughs> I need for George Lucas to be a fantastic director. He directed Star Wars, the the yeah. film that everyone tries to do. You know, it's it's impacted not just our society or you know culture. It impacts how we tell stories, not not just even how we tell stories in film, how we tell stories in video games, how we tell stories in in books and everything, you know. And and it's like he told that he directed that, so game over, you know. That's enough. Like, yeah, you're you right. Know? Like if you, you know, if you win the World Series in your rookie year, and you know, it's like yeah, I, I guess you can. It's hard to kind of go back. That's a bad. Uh, analogy because you can always go back and do that, but you know, I was it's like, for you to pull yourself out of yeah, that. Yeah, because I was like, wait, what? No, because you can. How about do that how about this? If you hit the winning the grand slam that wins the World Series, they can't say you're a bad hitter. Yeah, yeah, it's it, which you know what people oh, I was lucky. Yeah, okay, <laughs> you know, it took a lot of talent to to get in that lucky position, but you know, the, the point is, you know, if you you just you can't always do that. Star Wars is such a huge phenomenon. That, like I said, it's it is how that we even do films were not like this beforehand. It was a big deal when people go, "Ooh, uh, two thousand one, a space odyssey." And I dare anyone to honestly go back and watch two thousand one, a space odyssey, and not uh, want to tear their hair out because. Oh my! No, you don't know. See, that's we don't. We haven't had that conversation. What's that? In high in college, uh-huh. we I was I was a. Uh, a volunteer with the student government movie channel mm-hmm. and they had an editing bay. Mm-hmm. And one of the missions I took on was I was going to take 2001 and cut it down to 90 minutes. So it would be watchable. <laughs> yes. And I will tell you, I got, it was one of these big SVHS editors so somewhere I've got, mm-hmm. I've got the work that I did. And unfortunately I had to rent the movie in order to start editing it. Mm-hmm. And so I had to take it back the next day and I never did finish the project, but I did take the first 18 minutes, all the gorilla stuff mm-hmm. and took it down to three minutes and it still made perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. And well, you like, can do that with Star Trek, the motion picture too. <laughs> you could probably put that down to the opening credits if you're which, wanting to try which, to make that watchable. Oh no, no. <laughs> I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll back Star Trek, the motion picture, oh. but it is long. I, uh, it's funny. Every time they put it out on video, it's longer. 
but you know th- that was the thing is that film they're like ooh look uh we're gonna have this like little color wheel for 15 minutes mm-hmm. you know and just stare at this and you're like all right i saw oh it. no like, no he invented pacing i mean even look we just yeah. went and saw creed last week mm-hmm. or this week a couple days ago and it, it reminded me to go get all the rocky movies out just to make sure my son was up to speed on all this stuff and just between rocky the first one in 76 and the second one in 78 there's a tremendous difference in the pacing of the film Mm-hmm. George Lucas changed how films are paced. If you look at it, if you watch a film from 77 and sooner, mm-hmm. you know, 77 and before, and that includes, you know, the conversation, some of these Coppola films, uh, they are much slower paced. Mm-hmm. And George Lucas changed that. Yeah. yeah. Period. Star Wars changed that because mm-hmm. the movie was quick cuts. It moved. Uh, it didn't waste a lot of time. Even but it's funny, but by today's standards, a lot of the newer kids do think that the original Star Wars yeah. is slow. All right, right, because they they have no idea. They're like this yeah. was this was too fast for most people, you know, at that time. Yeah. That was one of its yeah. biggest criticisms. Yeah, it was lightning fast. Yeah, and you know, because that's the thing is the and that's what's so great about it when it starts out. You think, okay, well, how does it start? Well, one ship is, you know, uh, looks like going back to a space odyssey. Kubrick's like, ooh, I'm gonna have the ship fly over, and Lucas like, uh. I'm going to have a ship fly over and then uh, another ship attacking it, you know, and and, and then they're going to board it and uh, Darth Vader is going to choke somebody you know? like just immediately thrown into the action. And then yep. and you don't know anybody. I I remember um, when I was a kid, you know, that one guy who when they're all lining up and they're all terrified for uh, the doors to come open. I had seen, I guess, maybe the action figure of Han Solo or maybe a still or something. But I remember when I was watching it, I thought that guy was Han Solo, you know. And so so I was like, well, you know, they're going to be good because that's Han Solo, right? You know, because he had kind of ish for my child mind or whatever. And they Uh, had vests. Yeah, he he had a vest and and some blue pants and he kind of resembled Harrison Ford. So I was like, yeah, I think that's Han Solo. I don't know. (laughs) So... (laughs) But you know that's I assumed it was a main character because it was one of the first characters that you saw, yeah. You know, but it, it wasn't about that. It was throwing you right into the action, and you'll pick up the story as you go. Um, and, and like I said, it's that's George Lucas, and it's like w- when you've done that, you you won the game, you, you know, because that's it's still what we point to, and I. Like I said, as much as I love like Spielberg or anybody else, I, I always I'm like George Lucas is is the best. He he did Star Wars. He completely set the trend, and we still follow it. You know, almost forty years later. So, you know, like like yeah. w- what can you really say about that? And it's just funny to me that people are like, oh, he's a bad director. So the question is, is there too much George Lucas? <laughs> For me, there's not enough George Lucas. Yeah, if he I, were directing these new films, I wouldn't have a problem with yeah. it. He's been talking about doing new films for like 20 years. When are we mm-hmm. going to see these? I so want to see what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't mean new Star Wars, films. like these new independent artsy films now, or whatever he that do, he says nobody's going to watch. Didn't he do a fairy film? Nobody's going to want to see. Huh? Didn't he do a fairy film? Uh, Strange Magic came out. It wasn't he didn't direct it, but it was mm-hmm. a Lucasfilm project that was on the boards when Disney bought him. Yeah, and it flopped mightily. But again, he didn't direct it. Okay, I mean, I, I would still be curious to see it. I would actually like to yeah. see it's it's out on video. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen and, it? Uh, I haven't seen it. I saw Red Tails. I went to the theater and saw Red Tails. I liked uh-huh. it. I saw and that. Red Tails. To me, it was a it was a case of a of a great story with great action and great effects in search of a script. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't care much uh-huh. for the character interaction in the film 
the way it was written. Mm -hmm. But you could tell there was a great movie there, and the action was just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't directed by by Lucas. No, it was not directed by Lucas. But it was a Lucas film. Yeah. Right. Now here's another one. I feel like I should know the answer to this, but did now did he direct Willow? No, Ron Howard. Okay. Okay. Ron Howard with James Horner performing the music, which was just outstanding. Great score. So what was? So I know he was involved. Did he just produce Willow or? Uh, it's he he gets story credit and uh-huh. executive produced. Yeah. Okay. And, and and the thing is, and like I feel like that I can see that. You know, I can see his um. I, I can see his connection to that film. You know, like like his fingerprints yeah. on it. And and when you say Ron Howard, I'm like, yeah. Because I don't care what anybody says, Willow was great. I loved Willow. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you there. I'm yeah. with you. So you know, like I don't know, I just I didn't didn't set out tonight to to defend Uncle George, but uh, sometimes <laughs> I do. And but you know what? And and at the same time, though, totally uh, totally different connect uh, um, conversation. Because I, I, just just to kind of let people know, hey, I don't uh, you know, I just I go how I go. I don't I don't. Um, I don't be like, oh, I'm gonna even if I don't believe this, I'm gonna you know defend him adamantly. Like, I will never, ever, ever say that the special editions were something that were necessary or, or that they enhanced the film or made the film better in any way. I'm I'm totally fine that there are uh, special edition versions. I wish that there were also available the the original cuts or something similar to. I know that they've been through little minuscule differences, but. Um, you know, that, that is one thing that I'll just never agree with Lucas on was, was the, the special editions. So I will say that, but at the same time, as far as a director, in my mind, he is the greatest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, I, honestly, at the end of the day, I do think Spielberg's a better director, but but I think, I think he has done more to enhance Mm -hmm. his visual vocabulary than George did. Mm -hmm. I think George can be a better director. I just don't think he's done enough work. Yeah, it, well, see, and that's that's what I was saying, like, beforehand, you know, people say, yeah. oh, well, he's not done, and I'm like, are we going, because to me, I just feel like that's a, a quantity it's, versus quality well, argument. It, 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 but it's not really, it's like, it, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, do you play a musical instrument? Um, Terribly. Okay, <laughs> but, but the more you play, the better mm-hmm. you get at it. Uh, that's arguable as well. Um, I, you should listen to me sometime. <laughs> For most people, the right, more you right. Most, play. like I said, I'm always, I'm the outlier. Always, this thing yeah. you have to remember is, is I'm always going to be the outlier. Anything that you say, well, it's this. And you're like, well, there's people like me, so you have to say most of the time, yeah. But um, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I would say that the more you uh-huh. practice at something, the better you get. But that's not true when it comes to bowling, because every time I go bowling, I start off really good and then I suck by the end <laughs> i don't know why i'll get up there and strike whoa man we got a real good guy here man he's gonna win bowling and i go up there and by the end of the game i'm gutter ball gutter ball gutter ball after your ball i don't know what heavy. it is i get worse you need to oh, you you've need to got you've got you, now you have to bring me back on the show sometime because i gotta <laughs> tell you my bowling story okay I can't, no, I, I can't tell it tonight because it's just not enough time, but it's yeah, a great story. Yeah, we, actually, we will do better than that. We will take you out bowling and do it live from the bowling alley. <laughs> that actually sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I am, well, I am all for that. Bowling got me my first DVD player oh, back nice. in the 90s. Very good. Yeah. Yes, we got to have to hit, hear that story. Wait, wait DVD player Sometimes. in the 90s? Yeah, 98, yeah. Okay. All right, yeah, that's that's about right. I was like, oh that's man, I'm like you. That is that does sound like a fantastic story because I didn't have. Um, let's see, when when did uh, the first Spider-Man? In case you can't tell from some of these stories, I'm a big Spider-Man fan as well. Um, oh, me too. That's cool. 
Yeah. So the first movie, I think, was 2001 or it was, 2002. No, it was 2002. It was okay. 02. It was yep. the same summer as yeah. The Clones. So I got my first DVD player the same year that I got uh, the, the Spider-Man DVD. I got them both for Christmas. Uh, and I'll, I'll never forget. It was the it was uh, the brand was Apex. <laughs> you got an Apex Apex uh, DVD player because those were the ones that you could turn off the region encoding. Well, darn! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't. I just knew that. That was my second one was an Apex because you could turn off the region encoding and you could turn off the copy protection. Mm-hmm. They had a little secret menu on them. Dang! See? Yeah. So it wasn't as worthless as I thought. <laughs> no, no. Apex you better was, take that out. It was actually, yeah. oh, God, that thing's long gone. It was actually, <laughs> I remember thinking it was a pretty good, um, it was a pretty good DVD player. I just, it was a brand I had never heard of before. So it was I, a Chinese brand. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so I think that, uh, yeah, we, we did kind of um, pretty much narrow it down to there is not enough Star Wars. So uh, there's we, never enough Star Wars ever. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's true. It's, let's, it's, let's hope it stays that way. It's like those old people that lived through the Great Depression, and you never can stop them from saving every little scrap of everything. Now, mm-hmm. you know, you, you go in, they've saved every butter, every butter tin, and every plastic uh, uh, bread bag, and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. And rubber bands. Yeah, and all the rubber bands, and because mm-hmm. you know they lived through the dark times. Mm-hmm. People like Bruce and uh, and me, we lived through the dark times. So there will That's never be right. Star Wars. I remember right. those Sorry. dark times. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so so. I think you know because essentially, I um I often refer to myself as a child of the dark times because you know that's it mm-hmm. was the dark times when I I got into Star Wars and I, I say, you know. When I want, I'm like, ah, oh, this is great. Let's go buy figures. No, they don't sell those anymore. You know. <laughs> so, um, see, our our grandparents saved Life magazines in their attic. We saved Dynamite magazines <laughs> in our well, attic. Well, mine's even worse though, Bruce, because see, like, like talking about that, our grandparents, you know, they were very frugal. They never wanted to spend or anything like that. I'm right the opposite. I'm like, there may never be Star Wars figures again. So clearly, I have to buy everything that's out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the opposite effect going. But with that, we'll go ahead and wrap everything up. I appreciate everybody uh, joining us. Uh, as you know, you can find us on the StarWarsReport.com. Just go to the little podcast section, and we'll be there amongst uh, the Wampas Lair, Star Wars Report, uh, Star Wars Beyond the Films, Star Wars Bookworms, and Ion Cannon. Did I miss anybody? Bruce? Uh, I think you got everybody. Yeah. Uh, we also have the Facebook and Twitter, which you can just uh, go to to the uh, Cloud City Casino type in uh, and follow us and like us there. Um, we are available for download on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Uh, appreciate if you'd just go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already and leave us a review. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, and if you have any questions or comments or just want to say hi, you can always send us a email to cloudcitycasino at gmail.com. Uh, as far as that goes, uh, Twitter, I am at Morris Isley, so you can reach me personally there. Bruce, where can they reach you, brother? And I am not at Morris Isley. I am at Admiral <laughs> underscore Rex. <laughs> That's right. Um, I'm, I, I guess if you want to send it to Morris Isley, I can forward it to bruce or whatever too i don't know if, if, if we've got to go that route that's true and i just reached 200 followers Woohoo! nice Woo. nice you uh you have way more than i do but then again i mostly just use the the main one because nobody 
whatever. That's that's a different thing. That's fine. I don't have any Twitter followers, but I, I ain't complaining. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyhow, uh, Scott, how many Twitter followers do you have? I don't have like 1,300, I think. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. fantastic. People like my Star Wars story. It's really good. You guys, and by the way, you guys have, have for a long time been, I mean, this is my first time being on the show, but you guys for a long time have been very supportive in, in other media of that, and I do appreciate that. It's um, really good. But yeah, about, about 1,300 on there. Nice. It's my Star Wars story on Twitter, and uh, you can go to mystarwarsstory.com if you want to do that, or go to iTunes, my Star Wars. You know, it's all under my Star Wars story. Just, just don't. I'm not doing anything with Ashley Eckstein. <laughs> so I just have to keep saying that. Oh. Um, so I, anything else? We got the, I know you have the Facebook page too, right? The Facebook, yeah, facebook.com slash my Star Wars story. All right. And so. uh, pretty easy. That, that, that's the way I tried to do it with here too. I'm like, Cloud I'm, City yeah. Casino. That, as long as I keep doing that, then if, you know, they, they can accidentally find it even. Yeah, and uh, I own MyStarWarsStory.com, and her universe doesn't. Just pointing that out. <laughs> nice. So it, it's called My Star Wars Story, so you don't type it in as your Star Wars Story, because <laughs> when you say my, it, right. No, it's, you know, that was part of the debate when we were first talking about it, my friend Ryan and I, and he said it should be called Your Star Wars Story, and I said, wait, no, it should be called My Star Wars mm-hmm. Story, and he went, no, that doesn't work. I said, no, wait, it does, because at the beginning, you have the person who's on there say, I'm so-and-so, and this is my Star Wars mm-hmm. story. Yeah, who, and who went, was telling you this again? Ooh, that's it. <laughs> who was telling you it should be your Star Wars story? Uh, oh, my buddy Ryan, who pitched the idea in the first place. Okay, Ryan, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I said, Ryan, you're wrong. It's- yeah, he knew it. He knew it immediately when I when I gave it to him that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just it, it works so much better uh, yeah. that way. I, I like it a lot more. And as you said earlier, uh, by the time you're, you'll be hearing this, you can actually go over and listen to Jimmy Mack of Rebel Force Radio's Star Wars story. Yeah. So I'm really excited for that one. That one's it's a lot of fun. That one yeah. is so much fun. Mm-hmm. I love Lucy. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. <laughs> Always bringing the uh, comedic element. Um, and then after, so, and then we'll have one more before The Force Awakens. And uh, who, who's yes. that one going to be? Do we know? Anthony Bresnikan. Okay. Excellent. Anthony, Anthony Bresnikan is the guy who did the uh, the Force Awakens panel uh, at mm-hmm. Celebration. Okay. The Entertainment Weekly writer. Yeah. 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 The one he's who my he's wife been on has The Force nice Awakens hair. beat the whole time. And uh, I thought it would be neat to have him right before the film. Yeah. Absolutely, I yeah. can't wait because I, I I really like that guy. I'm, I hope to hear more great about great guy, great yeah. guy. Just uh, you know, and, and I told him flat out. I said, you know, when I first saw that you were moderating that that panel, I thought, well, here we go. This is a you know, let's suck up to Entertainment Weekly and get some schmo who doesn't know what he's doing, and and he's one of us all day mm-hmm. long. Nice, yeah. My my wife told me she's like, oh yeah, the guy with great hair, and I'm like, the guy with great hair. I'm like, was was it a guy? I don't even remember. I'm like, I don't even remember what race the dude was. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know. I know that clearly there was someone who was keeping the thing going, but there was someone there. But I, I remember JJ. I remember Kathleen Kennedy. I, I remember uh, Mark Hamill, and and uh, um, I, re- I remember crying. <laughs> I remember. I remember Bresnikan because because I just it, I kept going. What gives you the right? And you know. <laughs> 
Yeah. And the more the more he kept talking, the more I went, you know, maybe this guy kind of knows his stuff. I yeah. was the same way. I was like, I don't know who this dude is. Where did they yeah. pick this guy? Not that any offense to him. I was just like, I yeah. like no. some unknown, but I was like, I like this guy. He's doing a great job. Yeah, and, and when you have a conversation, you realize he really is, he's us. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not he's not floor to ceiling, wall to wall in his house with Star Wars stuff, but but he gets it like we get it. Yeah. I can't wait for his podcast since everybody's doing one now. <laughs> all right well (laughs) thanks again scoundrels we appreciate you listening to us and uh, join us back next week and never forget let the wookie win